Hello, my friends. It's Andy and Hedia coming to you live from Southern California for the Living <laughs> Living Fearless Devotional. How are you? I am good. Thank you. <laughs> you can find this uh, broadcast and all of our content on resurrectministry.com. Meet Jesus where you are. He is the Son of the Living God, and He will speak to your hearts, open your hearts, and receive Him. And uh, it'll truly change your life forever. We have Bible resources, worship bands, pastors to listen to, books to peruse and buy. Uh, and most of all, you could drop us a comment, which we'd love to hear from you directly, or you could donate if you're so interested and inclined. I would like that if it was resurrectministry.meetjesus. I have Meet Jesus Today, Meet Jesus Now. I have a whole bunch of websites. Oh, very cool. Like you. I collected them whenever they occurred to me. Awesome. All right. We are going to jump into Morning by Morning by Charles Spurgeon. I didn't reset it, so that I'm at the right spot here, right? The 23rd. And um, the reference is Psalm 8919. This portion of that scripture says, I have exalted a young man from among the people. Exalted. What's the meaning of exalted? To elevate. Hmm. I have elevated a young man from among the people. Yes. Same thing with David. He was just a young shepherd boy. So just taking the the average Joe. Right. And exalted him in rank. Like glorified and, and lifted. Awesome. To greatness. So Charles says, uh, why was Christ chosen from among the people? I will speak from my heart, for its thoughts are best. Wasn't he chosen from among the people in order to be our brother through the blessed bond of a kindred blood? What a wonderful family relationship there is between Christ and believers. <laughs> a believer can actually claim, I have a brother in heaven. I may be poor but I have a brother who is rich and who is king. Yes. Will he allow me to be in need while he sits on his throne? No. He loves me. He is my brother. Dear believer, wear this blessed, blessed thought like a diamond necklace around the neck of your memory. Mm, <laughs> Slide nice. it onto the finger of your remembrance as a golden ring and then use it as the king's own seal. Stamping your petitions of faith with confidence of success. He is your brother, born for, ad for adversity, so treat him as such. Also, Christ was chosen from among the people, so he would know our needs and sympathize with us. He has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Therefore, in all our sorrows, we have his sympathy. He knows them all. Temptation, pain, disappointment, weakness, weariness, poverty, for he has felt them all. Remember this, dear Christian, and allow it to comfort you. Despite how difficult and painful your path, it is marked with the footprints of your Savior. Even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death or the deepest waters of a flooding Jordan River, you will find his footprints are there. Wherever we may go, he has gone before us. And every burden we must carry has already been laid upon the shoulders of Emmanuel. His way, as, his way was much rougher and darker than mine. Did Christ, my dear Lord, suffer? Should I still whine? Says John Newton. Take courage. 
royal feet have left a bloodstained trail upon your road and thereby, thereby consecrated the difficult path forever. I needed to hear this today. Really? Yes, because I've been in such pain. Thinking, woe is me. This back pain is never going to go away. And it just reminds us of our Savior's suffering. Hmm. You know, sometimes God has wisdom why he doesn't heal whatever suffering we're going through. But we shall rejoice in all things. And it does draw us closer to Christ to, to go through our walk with him with a little bit of difficulty. Hmm. And when you think about it, I, I've said this before, like when you had to choose if you want to trade it in, I trade this in for X. You're like, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to trade it in for anything, uh, for a Felix bag of tricks, mm-hmm. what you pull out instead. Oh, you just reminded me of a conversation I had on Saturday with the men in my Bible study. Oh. That, um, You're always off the screen. Scooter, let me scooch. I want to pinch my hand. Um, somehow we were talking about this kind of thing, you know, the aches and pains we have. or um, And then at the same time, we do see people that have been healed. I know at Mariama's we saw, I don't know if you, I think you were, you were busy being thrown to the floor or something <laughs> like that. But there was a guy that barely walked in the door and they prayed over him. And then he walked up and down the stairs. Really? Do you remember that? No. Oh, yeah. I think you were busy on the ground. Um, <laughs> wow. But, uh, I mean, that's not the only time. I, mean, I, I, saw, sure, it, I but... saw it in the Marriott at Salt Lake City um, and, uh, you know, a couple other times, which uh, it always throws me off because I back my my past, my flesh lives in that time of unbelief Yeah. that, you know, watching those television shows where it would like. And a lot people, of those were real, too. People on the floor. I, well, I, don't, I don't know. But. um <laughs> But um, I have been witness to, I, I, I believe, some really uh, amazing healings. And yet we get prayed upon. You're back. You know, from time to time, we'll pray and it'll feel a little better for a little while. Then it comes back. Mm-hmm. My knee has been prayed over and it feels good for a little while. And then it comes back. And I was telling the men about this and saying, you know, I, I've come to accept not as a. Um, what's the word for when you do? try to make something you try to believe in something so that it's true so that you don't have to fight it there's there's a word for that where you where where you you can't come up with an answer and so you just kind of accept it because you're just saying that well i don't want my belief to be false there, there's a word for it already oh, okay. yeah i can't think of it either but i uh like a oh can't think of what it's called but um i have i have come to believe that the pain in my knee and the, at the time that I did it, <laughs> doing what I did was like your your your, your childness uh, of how it happened um, is that thorn that was given to me at that time. I said, "Listen, it's a reminder. Okay, it's a reminder. Hey, you, you had so much time to mess around and be a you know whatever you know play around as a kid. I'm going to give you this pain to remind you." I I totally feel the same way. And so I was telling this to the men and they were like going, oh my gosh, I never, you know, they, I, I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> and I go, you know, I, I've, I've just come to believe that that's what it is. It's just, this is my reminder and I may be healed from it and I might not be, 
this may be my forever reminder of who I used to be. <laughs> Just in I, case I forget. Well, and I, I, I have a understanding of my pain as a version of that is that, you know, we expect that when we come to Christ, uh, we are a new creation in our souls, but that doesn't mean everything's going to go perfectly. We don't believe in a prosperity gospel. We came to Jesus for Jesus. Mm. So for me, it's a, and my acupuncturist said this to me, that like you abused your body for so many years and now you want this like instantaneous relief. And again, it's just a reminder of all the things that I've done and all the things that kind of carry it's the thorn in my side. It's, mm. it's a, it's evidence of uh, my humanity, my frailty. It humbles me. It, you know what I mean? It's a, it limits me in a way in which it should it's it isn't so bad and now with this devotional it reminds me that um my lord suffered far greater so now part two mm -hmm. based on what you just said is i was talking to uh my appointment my in-person appointment went into a phone appointment which is perfectly fine because we what we discussed on the phone was the same thing we discussed about my knee that when i was talking to him i said you know i feel guilty even having this phone call because right now it doesn't hurt at all <laughs> I, but now I said, this, this is the problem is that there's days where it's extremely painful. Like I can barely walk. I don't know. If you, you, yeah. <laughs> like, God, I mean, and I try to just ignore it and walk. Like I try to walk normal. Uh, I stepped off the stage. I was on a stage the other day, a couple Tuesdays ago, and I stepped off and I almost fell because it just completely like gave out. Yeah. yeah. So, and so as I was telling him, I said, it's frustrating because when it's painful, it's more painful than it's ever been before. And yet, like today, there's very little pain. I can tell that it's there, but it's like I can walk normal, I can jump, I can run, and it doesn't hurt, you know, to do those things. Did you do your handicap? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so I, I'm here thinking as a earthly person, a fleshly person, thinking it's something that I'm doing that's causing me the pain. And I'm thinking it's probably something that he's doing to that. Those are days that I need to be reminded of my past. <laughs> I need to be reminded of where I was and who I was. Yeah. And he can feel like, Oh, he's starting to, I can see. He's, <laughs> he's starting to, so he, beep, he like hits the switch or something. Beep, and go, Oh, wait, okay. Okay. There you are. God. I, I, I know you're there. So there's, so there's that too, where it's this like fluctuation. Well, I got another one. Yes. Go ahead. Third one. <laughs> Uh, what, what the enemy did to me today, it was the enemy that poked me today oh. because what happened is it, it changes my mood. It affects how nice I could be to people that I'm a vendor that I'm encountering. Yeah. Like I walked in to get some coffee and I was frustrated and I try to put on a good face. It's like, are you going to grumble now? You know, it's, he's poking me mm -hmm. to get me, uh, to ruin my witness mm -hmm. and to just ruin my day. So no, God doesn't do that to me. The enemy does that to me, mm. you know? So I think there's all of the, I think, and they're all correct because different things could be happening at different times yeah. from different sources. But sometimes it's me. I work out too hard or I've done a bad movement and I hurt myself and make it flare up. Yeah. You know, so it is, it's like any other kind of, uh, the way God describes sin, it could either come from 
the enemy. It could be a trial from God, you know, challenging us uh, to see where we go. And it could be from ourselves. Yeah. Kind of like a, in a boxing match, the, uh, the opponent who's the enemy on, on that particular, you know, moment at that particular moment. Uh, if he sees that you have a, you know, he hits you in the ribs and you now he can tell you that you're, you're trying to protect it. He'll hit yeah. you in those ribs over and over again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't show exactly. your weaknesses or else he'll, uh, he'll, he'll uh, take advantage of them. Exactly. Um, the other aspect of the devotional, probably the more, uh, more important part of it, but the other part that he talked about is that, that God, that Jesus walked among us and is one of our, is uh, one of us. And, um, and although, your experience with your brother is not quite what he describes here. <laughs> but if we do, I mean, you've heard those guys. I mean, you listen to Stan. Stan has a brother that he's very proud of, right? Yeah. And he loves his brother and uh, and exalts him and raises him up. And, and, and that's kind of the picture I got. I, I had to go there too. Where, uh, what, let me, I need another example. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I love my brother. It's just we don't have that relationship. But uh, so I see that. But the other thing is when we know somebody has been through something similar to us, we do get a little bit closer to them because yeah. we, and that's what I think that we've been, you know, we've shared quite often is that either my experience with cancer or um, uh, being in the hospital with COVID or suicide, that uh, it is important for us to share with other people where, where we're at now is a fantastic place. That, but yet we can share that we we have felt these things. We know what it's like to feel so much oh, despair yeah. that we have thought about taking our life, or I have thought about taking my life, um, or that I felt the the stresses or the worry of having cancer and what it meant, you know, and sure. and that it's a big burden uh, that we're carrying. And so those people that need to know that even though we've had those experiences, you can come out into a place where they yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, come out on top uh, with a relationship with God. That's like you've never had before. And it's, 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 it's the other way with some people, right? They, they hit the adversity, they get cancer, they almost die and, uh, and they go through divorce and they go, you know, I don't want anything to do with God, which doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, people who reach a point of despair, not necessarily entirely walking away, but saying, God, why have you forsaken me? You know, where they believe that God's abandoning them in some way. That the adversity is God's lifting his hand from them. When that may not be the case at all. Or it actually may be the case. <laughs> that God's, you know, as we say, breaking your leg, you know, so that you come running back to the flock. Uh, it's Sometimes it's hard to tell. But I actually found the description a little bit strange by saying he chose him from among the people. Uh, I mean, yes, he was among the people, but he wasn't. I don't know. It, that was a weird description to me. Yeah, I had Christ to go to uh, Mary and Joseph. They were the people. They were among uh, the people. Okay, that were chosen. That yeah. He was chosen to be. Because God child. put him in her. Yeah, he wasn't. And I guess that makes he's chosen, but he wasn't chosen for people. Right. He was chosen from eternity past. And yeah. He's God's like He could have worded it better. Yeah. Oh, um, Charles, you know. Charles. interesting. <laughs> Even Charles Spurgeon could. I was like, huh, huh. Need a <laughs> I didn't really get that. 
<laughs> yeah, he said, wasn't he chosen from among the people in order to be our brother through the blessed bond of kindred blood? Like I said, I think Mary and Joseph were chosen from that. I mean, Jesus technically is chosen. He was chosen to be the son of God yeah. and was implanted in Mary by the spirit. Mm -hmm. So it is, in fact, chosen, but I wouldn't have described it as chosen from among people, I guess. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, it just seemed a little awkward. Who am I? Let's Who's see what the, the Bible access actually has to say. Enough of Charles. He apparently got it wrong on this one. No. <laughs> um, Psalm 89, 19. Uh, this is a psalm, and he's referring to uh, David. Once you spoke in a vision to your faithful people, you said, I have bestowed strength on a warrior. I have raised up a young man from among the people. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. David was chosen from among the people. He actually had 10 brothers um, that Samuel went to anoint. So when they would go and anoint a new leader, they would put oil on him. And so when uh, he went to go find, he knew it was in this family. He went to go find it. And every son he met, he was like, this isn't it. This isn't the one. He was like, do you have any more kids? And he's like, oh, well, we got David. Yeah, this old scraggly one. Yeah, little, the little scraggly, scraggly one. one. <laughs> yeah, he's out there with the sheep. Can't possibly be that it's, one. It's kind of smelly. You can't yeah. miss him. <laughs> that was the one that was chosen. That story. Yeah, that makes more sense. And he was 415. But we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Good example, right? Which is what I was reminded of today. Like, look at how much our Lord Jesus Christ has gone through and done, and yet he did not sin. The least I could do is control my annoyance, my anger, my whining. You know what I mean? It's just a small, a small way in which I demonstrate to walk in his footsteps. Psalm 23, 4, a beautiful Psalm 23. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So there you have it. I think I should read that to the, so tomorrow I have, um, we have that uh, class we teach of the high schoolers. Yes. I think that's a good one to read to them. I mean, need to remember that to, uh, to talk about um, that, uh, the life of a police officer uh, that you will get out of your car. And I remember those days where, you know, the call is, uh, you know, guys armed and dangerous. He's in this dark alley and, uh, and there's nobody else available, but, Here's the call, Andy. <laughs> Don't do uh, it. And uh, you know, uh, and so you go, and there's a little your heart's you know pat you know pounding just a, a smidgy. But uh, I, I, that's one, another one of those times that I wished I would have had um, my a, a better faith in God. Sure. Those are one of those times where I, I suddenly believed in God. <laughs> convenient. <laughs> Okay, I know I've cussed you out, and I've said these things about your word in the in the in the in that book called the Bible, the, you know, the book of stories. Right. <laughs> but today I need you. I forget what I said, you know, I, at, on the last call. You know, I I need you to be with me as I get out of this car and go try to take on this bad guy. That's I don't know where he's at. And he's got a gun. But this is a good one to you know yeah, to always remember. Absolutely. Yeah. I uh, had an interesting email today. Oh. 
I had somebody who emailed me saying that they had just uh, come across, they just learned of Nabil Qureshi, who was um, the very fine... Say it one more time because you were looking at me. When... Nabil Qureshi. Oh, I thought even when I turned... Sometimes you turn and they can't hear you. I've seen comments of people saying Yeah, I remember her saying that. <laughs> but I thought if I like brought it close enough, it, <laughs> I would overcome that problem. You said it very... Uh, Nabil Qureshi? Nabil Qureshi. Qureshi. So, a Pakistani Muslim, uh, a very well-educated new um, Islam backwards and forwards, and wrote a book called uh, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. Great scholar, uh, brilliant evangelist, great apologetic um, scholar, and he died of stomach cancer. Remember I told you. Yep. So I get this email, this guy going, I just discovered Nabil Qureshi and all of the amazing apologetics that he had done. And I found myself angry at the Lord that what would be the reason that he would take such a great scholar so quickly. Right. Such a, and I, and all I can think of, it, it often comes up, why so much evil in the world? How could there be a God? And all I can think of was our Lord and Savior had three and a half years on the earth. The great martyrs of Christianity all died early and were killed in a brutal way. I don't think we could compare the impacts of their ministries in years. You know, I and same with Nabil. He did he accomplished amazing things in the in the little amount of time he had on earth. And I don't think that in God's timing, in God's ultimate universe, it, it is a matter of time. Time is a human construct. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if that's too esoteric to respond to this person, but uh, that's all I have. Is, you know, I didn't want to come back with, oh, well, God knows best. I just, <laughs> you know, people think that's a cop out, but I really just felt like it's time is a human construct. If, if anybody deserved more time, it was the Lord. Why did he just have three and a half years? So I'm saying that um, Jesus had three and a half years. Uh, ministry ministry um do you but he still died at 33 and a half yeah do you think that he didn't there was nothing in the form of ministry during the first 30 years well the way it's described because even he at some one point in the bible when his it, uh, when his mom comes to town to perform um the miracle at the wedding he says woman why do you bother me it's not my time yet so he would go and preach to the rabbis in the temple when he was 11 or nine or 11. So there are other examples of him demonstrating who he was, but it's said the ministry did not start. But even, even if you were to say that his life on earth, it was still curtailed very short. He died at 33 and a half, which is younger than Nabil died. So mm -hmm. I just don't think that the impact of a person's life or God says, oh, you know what? You actually need 10 years or 20 years. Who knows? Maybe if you lived longer, you would have sinned. I mean, we have no idea what, um, what, why the time frame was the way it was or what led to his cancer, what kind of health conditions did he have? What thorn in his side was he carrying from the life before? Mm -hmm. You know, God forgives our sins but the sins follow us they, they leave scars yep you know i got a, I got a few scars we all got a few scars. mostly from dogs <laughs> right dogs and hockey are my are most of my scars well most people ask me they're like how did you do that to your back and i'm like well it's carrying 50 pound suitcases up a four flights of <laughs> stairs for 30 years yes <laughs> it'll do it <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, you know, it's so funny. For the longest time, I, I thought anything with rollers on it was for girls. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until maybe just like until I met you that I finally got a bag that had wheels on it. <laughs> You're like, okay, enough with this tough guy routine. <laughs> yeah. Give me some wheels. I was always carrying stuff through the, through the airport. So crazy. Yeah, it's like even straws. <laughs> no, that makes total sense. That's <laughs> complete. That's a different story. I don't see why. <laughs> Men don't use straws. Uh, Jim says on this uh, devotional, Jim Ryman, Jesus came to earth to identify with us in our humanity so we could identify with him in his holiness. He had to be made like his brothers in every way that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. In other words, to make atonement, he had to be one of us. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. That's from Galatians 4, 4 and 5. Jesus Christ humbled himself to become a man so you could not only become his friend, but also a member of his family. And because he became a man, he can indeed sympathize with every struggle you will ever encounter. Why not go to him right now in prayer, knowing he cares? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And I, I, I was confronted with this issue again yesterday. I spent time with my um, sister-in-law. And we talked about, uh, so she was uh, born Armenian um, in the Armenian church, apostolic uh, Armenian church, uh, converted to Islam for my brother. And um, when they divorced, she returned to Christ. But the way she described it to me from what the church she grew up in, they believed Jesus was a son of God, but not God. And she says when the kids pepper her with questions, that's her response because it is so hard for them to accept that God could come to earth because in Islam, we're taught repeatedly. You don't have who wants a God that goes to the bathroom. How could God do that? Why would God come to earth? And this is a wonderful explanation of, and some of those thoughts come back to me, but this is a wonderful explanation. These verses about why not only did he come in flesh so that he could properly atone for what we did, but that his humanness makes him relatable. Mm. Like in Islam, you're you're taught that God is not relatable. You're not supposed to know God. It's the exact opposite of what Christianity Mm. teaches us, that we are supposed to know God. He is a relatable God. He came down to earth wrapped in flesh so you can relate to him, so that you can talk to him, that you could envision a person that embodied those qualities. To Islam, that's absolutely heretical. Wow. There's this distance that's placed between God and man, this infinite distance. And uh, Christ does the exact opposite. When he tries to draw you close, I am your brother. We are family. We are part of my body. I go to heaven. I make a place for you. I have a home. I make a place for you. Like all of these descriptions of why God wanted to be relatable. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for wanting to be relatable. That's that's the the greatest part of being a Christ follower. 
is that he is relatable. And because of that, you want to follow the scriptures. You want to follow what the word says. Right. It's it's to get to know I, the man, the I, man God. You know, I haven't done in a long time as a dog training analogy. Oh, there you go. Let's do it. So when I started, <laughs> so when I first became a police canine handler, they, we were trained in very harsh methods of how to train a dog, using cattle prods and sticks to hit the dogs and that kind of stuff. And so dogs were, we were training dogs to, um, uh, to respond to our commands and demands uh, out of fear that if they didn't do it, then they would have the consequence of being hit with a stick or shocked with a cattle prod or what have you. Um, it wasn't that long when after I got my dog that I, I saw people beating my dog with a stick and doing all these things. And I said, oh, oh, wait a minute. He, he's going to do it. He doesn't need to be beaten. And, and uh, again, up to that point, I'd been doing it for a couple of years to other people's dogs. because I was a, a what we would call an agitator. It's a decoy for, you know, it's the bad guy. You play the bad guy. But your job also sometimes is to correct the dog. And I, I, I went to some schools, went to some other trainers and learned uh, about some other methods of training, which was more positive. Give a dog a reward when he does something right. You know, Not ignore before. the bad behavior, reward the good behavior, and just wait. Sometimes you just wait, and the old bad behavior, bad behavior, bad behavior, and suddenly he does something good. Oh, what an amazing dog! That's what I was looking for. And so this this um, this this difference between Islam and Christianity is just that. Like you are beaten and beaten and beaten, not not physically necessarily, but mentally and fit in, um, uh, emotionally. Right. And then yet you're supposed to trust and love and exalt. <laughs> like how, like yeah. at some point, you know, you just got to go, no, like you did, yeah. you would think, but so, I don't understand. And then you come into a faith like Christianity where God is love and, and, and Jesus and is to know you and, and wants to be close to you. Jesus is our brother, you know, as it says in the devotional and like, wow, that's amazing. Like, of course, I'm going to do that. What else do you want me to do? You want me to, you know, you know, go and pray over some people in China? If if you ask me to, I will. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, I, I love my kids, but you know, if that's something I have to do, then I want to do it out of love. I'm not going to do it because I'm going to be beaten if I don't do it. Right. Two different ways of looking at it. Absolutely. And then it brings me to, to think about this uh, this hockey player in the NHL, um, Russian Orthodox, and. Uh, Gosh darn it, I can't remember. I think it was in Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember what team he plays for. I think it's Philadelphia Flyers. Um, and they were having uh, LGBTQ night where during the warm-ups, they were wearing jerseys that had the, right. the, the pride flag uh, in the numbers. And he said, uh, you know, respectfully, uh, I'm not going to go out during warm-ups to wear that jersey. I'm not going to wear that jersey. Uh, but I'll come out and play. I just, it, it gets against my religion to, to wear something and to be a part of something that I, my faith does not allow. And he goes, that's all I'm going to say. And he's very good about it. Yeah. He goes, I'm not, I'm not saying anything do bad it. about these people. Yeah. I'm not saying, no, I'm just saying for me in my faith, I'm not going to do it. And uh, the, even some NHL commentators said that he needs to be fired and he needs to go back to Russia where he belongs and all this. Yeah. All this craziness. And they were thinking, ah, it's the end of his career. He'll never play again. And uh, today I heard uh, that uh, over the weekend, uh, since him, him doing that, and since the story went uh, you know, global, um, his, his jersey is the most, the, high, the highest sold jersey 
in the NHL. Like nobody's nobody's even close right now. And I'm sure he's getting applause everywhere he plays when they announce his name and all that kind of stuff. It's just the opposite of what everybody thought. And, I mean, it's not, and the NHL, for God's sake. And it's not <laughs> even about, to me, the more important issue is not whether you want to support gay rights or not, but the freedom to make the choice. Right. He exercised the right to express himself. In our country, in the United in States of America. Country. A Russian. Right. That you're supposed to have the right yeah. to have a different opinion. He probably looked around and go, "Am I, am I in Russia? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or am I in the United States of America?" Oh my gosh! But um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a pretty amazing story. But it's that love for God that makes people take that stand and proudly and says, "You know what? He's getting. I don't know how much he's getting paid, but it's got to be some. I think the base salary is five hundred grand a year or something like that. So, you know." Uh, it, it could be more. He, I think he's a pretty decent player, so he's probably making probably close to a million dollars a year. That he knew that he was going to get some right. some pushback, and uh, and was able, and willing to put his um, career on the line for his faith. You don't put your career on the line for your faith unless it's a loving God. Amen. So that's beautiful. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Want to tell people about Vidify app? All yes. the people that are watching? Yeah, to show them the video. What? A video. We have a video? Yeah. Here it goes. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or... By going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. E-D-I-F-I dot app. Man, who did it? Did we get a, a movie star to do that? I, uh, what's his name? Not Kevin Costner. Who's the other movie star? Uh, George Clooney. George Clooney did that. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. How much did that cost us? It's free. He did it what? He, he's a big fan of yours. Wow. Yeah. All right, then. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> See you again soon. Make sure you comment. Uh, you say where you're watching from, um, what you got out of the devotional. If there's anything that you want to add in the comments, we will see it, even though you're responding or replying when we are no longer live. So make sure to do that. Uh, those Like, of you, subscribe, share. Yeah, those of you listening to the podcast, make sure and subscribe to whoever you're listening to. But go to the Edify app, if you would, and, and subscribe there. That would be awesome. All right, my friends. God bless. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.